Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah, hey guys, we're finally here. Uh, we are here to talk about the uh, Paris Masters, of course. We are here to talk about the Turin Finals uh, field being, well, finalized, if you may. And uh, yeah, also probably at the end, as usual, like a short preview for Sofia and Mets. But anyway, uh, Mario Novak Djokovic wins his whichever Masters title, 40th? 40, yeah. 40, yeah. So uh, are there any, like, real storylines coming out of this anymore? Or is it just, you know, Djokovic wins another title. And the guy is 30 and 1 since, since um, what is it, since uh, Rome? Like since, since, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because uh, he won the French Open. Uh, yeah. and, and then the only loss was at the, the, the infamous Wimbledon final. And then, yeah, he, he hasn't lost ever again since then because he won in Cincinnati, US Open, uh, and now in Paris. Uh, also, he, he played, uh, I think, 34 or 35 matches on heart in 2023 and lost only once. Uh, and not even in a very big event because it was yeah. in, in Dubai, so 500, right after winning the... Um, not right after, but, you know, he was, he was fresh off the, the Australian Open title. So, um, yeah, basically, he seems like he, he's basically unbeatable, on, especially on this surface this, this year. Um, yeah, overall, uh, he also found, you know, the, the chance to play even some more, more Masters events, for example, the Cincinnati Masters, uh, due to the, the fact that last year wasn't able to, to enter in in the United States, for example, in fact, he, he won five big big titles this year. Uh, he hasn't won so many since in a single season, so since 2016, when when he was 28. So he's he's having an 
fantastic, fantastic season and also um, yeah during the intro I read about Dimitrov uh, so close and yet so far but we can also say this about Djokovic uh, telling the opposite for this week uh, he played three um, let's say tight battles because he, they went you know very very close three close three setters uh, so it's he's kind of been uh, quite close to losing in terms of the score uh, but still yet so far uh, because uh, yeah probably the semi-final he he was he was playing a uh, very average level at some moment of the match was um he seemed not fresh physically, and Rublev was really blasting the ball, playing very, very well. Probably there's been just a moment that four or five game, but overall, uh, even because uh, when the level has has not been very, very high from the baseline, uh, the serve came uh, and really helped him. Uh, serve that. It really became uh, very very underrated weapons, especially in this this last few seasons. Uh, when he he has not very good days from from the baseline, which is his you know his usual comfort zone, and then he is now able to to really serve very very well and clutch in important moments. Uh, uh, first service was especially from the the due side of the court was very very effective because he can play with um yeah with with the same you know precision both the the slice or going close to to the t um and yeah so even though the level has not been super super high this week yet you you still see uh um, even in the difficulties of the single match, you still see a dominance, especially in the important moments. For example, that second set tiebreak against Rublev. Uh, you know, maybe one point uh, when Rublev was down 3-2, he could have maybe come to the net. But overall, he played a very, very, very good tiebreak. And, uh, and yeah, he's always able to, to make the differences in these moments. Uh, especially against the kind of players he he faced this week, uh, probably the best match in terms of level by him was probably the quarterfinals against against Luna, Luna. Yeah. even if uh, it went close. Uh, that one, I think he played uh, he played well and very very well in the final set. Uh, but overall, you know, it hasn't been a flawless display, but still. Uh, this, the feeling was still that he was not that that close to uh, to to lose the match. Probably, you know, the second set against Rublev was the only moment he was struggling at the beginning at the, to face a break point. Uh, but yeah, it was still quite far. Yeah, eight and a half hours in across three matches in three days, and yet he still comes out for the final. He beats Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, I honestly was a little disappointed with how Dimitri just never really made it interesting. But I guess we'll get to that later. But yeah, Djokovic just keeps racking up all the records. Basically, he is now like almost guaranteed to finish number one. He only needs to win one match in the group stage of the ATP finals, which uh, we're probably going to talk about later as well. About Yes, and also, you know, also Alcaraz mm -hmm. needs to, to win the title. Yeah. So... Yeah, let's say Alcaraz, uh, well, we don't know who's going to play first, but like, let's say Alcaraz yeah, yeah. loses on the first day, then Djokovic doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, of course. Yes, exactly. Uh, provided that Alcaraz wins all his matches, Djokovic will only need one win in the group stage anyway. So uh, it seems almost done. And it would be the eighth year in finish, of uh, year in number one finish. Of course, that's a record. Seven was already a record. And uh, yeah, even just looking by percentages, you know, this is actually one of the best seasons of his career at the age of 36 uh, in 2011 he had 90 a 92% win percentage in the a year of 2015 he had a 93 yeah it's only you know taken a little bit lower but that you know initial stretch of the clay season when he yeah. Uh, you know, he lost to to Musetti in Monte Carlo and the only tournament in which he hasn't reached at least the quarterfinals 
and then was the the loss against Lajovic. Uh, but yeah, since since then he he came back to 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 the level he can show, and yeah. Uh, yeah, been yeah more I than guess nine. I guess that's something that differentiates it from the 2015 and 11 season. Well, for one thing, there's less matches here. I mean, the last few years he's scheduling himself very sort of mm -hmm. carefully about nine to twelve events a year, but he still wins four or five or six titles every single season. Yeah, uh, and uh, basically in 2011, 2015, he had a great win record in clay, 16 and one, 17 and one. Now, yeah, just clay that kind of brings it down off clay this year. He is at 40 and two, I believe. So, yeah, uh, yeah, just just ridiculous stuff, really. And uh, oh, actually, sorry, 39 and two. Um, yeah, and, and even um, who plays, yeah, still other than that, uh, yeah. in the French Open, so <laughs> yeah, it's and he's still on the French, of course. Yeah, absolutely. The, the clay brings down the win loss record, but it actually still gave him the title. And there's no conversation, like even if Alcaraz wins the ATP finals, there's no conversation in terms of best player of the year. I don't think there was ever really going to be one. Just because when someone wins three slams and the other guy wins yeah. one, yeah. But of course, for Alcaraz, it's amazing that you know he got that final win and that he stopped Djokovic from, sure. from getting that calendar slam, which honestly was very doable for Novak this year. We, of course, cannot really know what would happen at the US Open if Djokovic wins Wimbledon. Maybe what would have happened, maybe uh, something like the Medvedev final, you know, comes in where Djokovic is just tired and mentally as well, maybe not ready. Oh, to, yeah, to that's get absolutely that right. But, you know, no, not. But he had a big the, chance for. for yeah, to do also that not year, having yeah. the Olympics. Uh, this year, like yeah. he had in 2021, which you yeah. know um, brought him a little bit of of tiredness, also physically and mentally, and probably also you know he brought that a little bit into that U.S. Open because uh, honestly he he was a bit shaky all the tournament. Uh, then was in the final because he is Djokovic, but you know, yeah, he, he it wasn't uh, the classic Nova card could display that that year on uh, at the US Open. Uh, yeah, so, we, keep, yeah. we keep saying that he's like um, extremely good at bringing it for the slams these days. But even when he's at seventy percent in a Masters thousand, he still wins it. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it, does, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah. I, I repeat, especially on on this surface because. He only played few. That has to be said. I think six since Paris 2019, uh, but he only lost once in the Paris final last year. Then he won Paris in 2019, Cincinnati 2020, uh, in 2021 won in Paris right after losing the U.S. Open final. Yeah, basically, you know, uh, it's absolutely right. Even in Cincinnati this year, he put off that comeback. Um, yeah, it's not really only about the slams. When he goes into a tournament, let's say like that, he doesn't focus on all the Masters events, but he chooses the, the ones he he wants to do well in and, and win also because they may, you know, they may help you uh, even to as a build-up for a future event. For example, Cincinnati more than Canada right now because going to the US Open or even this year Paris better than, than Shanghai because... He, it's more, you know, uh, even physically and mentally for him, it's better to concentrate two, three events than having a pause and then coming back. Uh, but yeah, uh, in, in some parts of this tournament, he was even probably at 50% of, of his level <laughs> and, yeah. and still won it, yeah. And that was also due to the stomach bug against Greek Sport. He recovers from that, as you said. I think that's right that he played his best event, best match of the event against Rune. And uh, yeah, you also mentioned the serve and like in general, just how much more aggressive he is, how much, um, he, how he shortens the points compared to his, you know, prime. Let's say I think he's still in his prime though. <laughs> this is basically prime Novak still, and uh, it's just a different playstyle, different focus, different approach. But helps him conserve energy. It helps him stay, you know, as good as he is at the age of 36.
which is somewhat unbelievable. No, yeah, basically it's it's more the different. He is more maybe that you know, given that he's thirty six, uh, uh, season twenty fifteen, like it's not possible anymore to to express yeah. that peak level for you know uh, eight, nine, ten weeks uh, out of fourteen, for example. Uh, he needs to to choose, but uh, he he has demonstrated that he's amazing in choosing the right moments, the right schedule, uh, and he's able to always to to bring. I don't want to say the best level because probably in Paris was not, but still, you know, he, uh, being ready to win, to, <laughs> to win exactly, being ready to win, basically to win. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. The f- 14th Masters, as we said, of course, that's a record as well. Who knows how many more he's going to rack up. 58 finals, obviously the only player to have all the current uh, Masters on the calendar. A feat that yeah, and also, also in did, Paris, uh, twice he's been now. the, the yeah, only Paris member well, yeah. of, of, the, of the big four that is all, has often has been able to, to show up well and win. For example, I can also explain that, for example, Federer won Paris once, but he also had Basel, uh, who was for him an yeah, important? He skipped and, it a uh, few times, and and yeah, so, so yeah, so did it not was uh, focus on that, yeah. Uh, but we we've seen how difficult he is also this year because who went far in Vienna, for example, uh, hasn't you know for different reasons. Medvedev faced a very good Dimitrov and lost the, the match in basically for uh, it was deciding set tiebreak, I guess. Uh, uh, and then the issue, the issue with Sinner, it's it's not easy because the they are also very very stacked tournament, so um, he can also use the fact that not all the players uh, in Paris can be very very fresh and you know spot on in the moment. He he is amazing in in using that also. Yeah, to sort of finish off that Djokovic talk, I just have to mention because there's this wonderful table on Wikipedia of the Paris Masters where you have the singles records. And so you've got most titles, most finals, most consecutive titles, most consecutive finals, most matches played, most matches won, most consecutive matches won, and most editions played. Guess how many of these achievements aren't held by Novak Djokovic? <laughs> you you already know it, every single one. Of yes, a big fat zero, and even the even the ones that aren't really related to winning, like most editions played, you know, most match. Well, most matches played is related to winning, but yeah, yeah, uh, he just holds everything at that event. He's b- by far the best player ever in the. the History yeah, of the it's, Paris Masters. It's like, it's like when you know there was that stat after Wimbledon that now he is on he is also the players who lost uh, the most Grand Slam finals <laughs> because uh, yeah. of course he played the most, he won the most, yeah. and he also lost the most. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Sometimes even the, the the records that refer to losing can be impressive. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the finalists then. Grigor Dimitrov. We already mm. said that you know the final maybe itself was a little disappointing, but obviously mm. that's a big achievement for Grigor as well. Yeah, getting back to the top fifteen, making his second ATP thousand final after six over six years, and it's still been six years since he won the since he won the title, and it's clear that this year it's not going to happen since Dimitrov has wrapped up his season. Yeah, what I will say, what I would say about the final is is not really related about my, you mm-hmm. know, what I think about Dimitrov's season, all things considered. Um, yeah, the final has been disappointing in my opinion, and I'm not really reasoning about the score. Um, you know, if someone told me six four six three, probably watching the match between Djokovic and Rublev, I maybe was not that confident, but I could have believed that. Um, the fact is that Dimitrov really hasn't, you know, show, showed up well. Many mistakes. Uh, he hasn't really found his his game uh, against, you know, Djokovic, who basically has has been just solid in that match. Then he he hasn't really done anything really special, in my in my opinion, to you know come out with a, with a comfortable win. And that probably has been uh, quite of of a disappointing thing. Uh, but uh, we we can't focus just on on this and say that uh, you know a, a very very good good season for for Dimitrov also a lot of 
also um, unfortunate losses at the beginning of the year maybe because his form was already there but the ranking was still um maybe you know playing a lot of round three against very very good opponents uh, and yeah. maybe even winning a set but losing the match um and then at the end of the season he, he also found those wins and in fact he he had also some some deep runs at big events because he also was a semi-finalist in in shanghai uh, losing to rublev uh, and then finalist in paris uh, i mean he hasn't won a title in six years but probably is not you know um is not the paris master uh the, the right you know moment probably mm, he hasn't uh won also you know a, two, a 250 a 500 yeah. event in this year so um it's not really i think an issue of of this final of of this tournament he he had a, a great week playing great matches and beating you know very very good opponents and, and yeah the final is a little bit disappointing because he, he really has not played a, a good match yesterday um but overall uh Lots to be to be proud of for him for for this season, and I, I think that of course the goal uh, will be you know bring this form, this this game, and this confidence into the 2024 season to to try to finally get this trophy, uh, to have some other deep runs, uh, to to battle with the best players in the world. Was was heartbreaking yesterday watching him. Uh, that moment, uh, crying after the final, he was really you know. Uh, it really was uh, sad to watch uh, for some point of view, uh, but he he simply has to to keep going and to um, to try to to find the this form into the next season again. Uh, consistency across different seasons has not always been you know his biggest weapons, at least in terms of you know those runs. Even if his ranking is has been more or less not. Uh, lower than uh, you know than top thirty, but we know that he can do he can do more. Uh, this end of the season has shown that, and given his age, I think that next season is going to be very very important for for him to to bring uh, a nice level to try to finally get you know one couple of trophies, uh, even if he at lower categories tournaments. And to try to still be very very competitive against against the best opposition in in world because he he can he can belong. Yeah, and uh, you're right that at the beginning of the season he was constantly playing all of these top guys. I mean, this guy out of 21 losses this year, uh, 15 of them are against players who are in the ATP finals. So that mm -hmm. kind of says it all already. Uh, basically, in the latter half of the season, it was only this one against. Um, Jesus, I'm forgetting it now. Uh, obviously Senior against uh, Evans. Evans, I mean. Uh, ah, yeah, the, the, the disappointing the... loss, let's say. Well, not the disappointing one, but one that that wasn't to a player who's who's yeah, not yeah, in the ATP finals. Yeah, that's what I was field. meaning. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in that sense. So basically, since the Geneva final, which was his first final in over five years, the yeah. only loss that he suffered not to an ATP finals contestant was against Evans in Washington. Um, yeah, yeah, even I, that I, final, I, you know, playing 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 Jar in Geneva is, is not uh, is is not that easy of a of a task. Oh, definitely <laughs> so, not. I thought I thought Jari was I thought Jari was the favorite there. You know, yeah, I, I thought I thought the same, honestly. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I don't think you can be that disappointed about it. I agree with what you said that you know, winning Paris, it would be kind of a big task, given you know he hasn't won a title in so many years. But at the same time, he's had a number of results that are sort of equivalent to winning a title he's had two grand slam semi-finals since no only one sorry since since but yeah. uh well a grand slam semi-final since uh a master's thousand final now and um yeah it's just a matter of like coincidence honestly <laughs> and also maybe not focusing on these 250s like i was always under the impression that he should be for example competing in sofia more of course this year it would have been really tough i mean he probably withdraws from paris anyway but uh that's of course an event at home that he won uh, in 2017, only played it once since. Um, we're gonna get to Mets and Sofia like a bit later, Keen. Um, 
probably well i don't know actually i will look at the draw and then then tell you i i, I haven't really thought about it yet but um yeah speaking of dimitrov uh, just a touch more i i did think that this might be his chance mostly because novak could have been retired for the final of course yeah. as it turns out he managed that well so maybe a little disappointing but as a whole this season was just incredibly good for dimitrov probably his third best ever maybe even second like that that's kind of debatable but yeah at first he was just getting into these matches with top players and losing them all the time so like okay bad draws but from time to time if you're Grigor Dimitrov you still want to get that win and that's what he did at the end of the year he beat Alcaraz to make the Shanghai semis he beat Medvedev to beat the Paris final to make the Paris final beat Tsitsipas as well this week so uh, only positives really to take from this week I think if you just look at it uh, you know, in a, in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks, when he when he sort of reflects on that, I think you should definitely see the positives in it, hundred percent. And um, yeah, he lost to Novak Djokovic in his second ATP thousand final, so um, you cannot really be angry about that either, I guess. And with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I think Novak uh, probably didn't want to withdraw from the doubles, but the stomach bug that he had was probably the main Factor. Probably, probably yes. Given given that fact, probably he, he thought that you know couldn't have been able to, to to do both both things, you know, at least in the way he wants to. Uh, yeah. And but he, and he, did, he does do it sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like the the Olympics was probably the only moment when I was like. Yeah, yeah, but it uh, was a different story. Yeah, I just felt felt very sorry for um, Stojanovic and. Uh, yeah yeah and and for for her basically having to skip the biggest match of her life because Djokovic withdrew without an apparent injury it seems but um well that's a topic of course for another day and uh it's it's totally he's right too as well and um yeah otherwise in in Paris we uh, had the sort of last um possible contenders for the ATP finals eliminated in the end, it's the sort of um, sort of. The, I mean, it's the field that we were expecting, right? Zverev, Rune. Was there like any real drama, excitement along the way? Given that you know, for a while, Hurkacz, Deminor, Kachanov, they were still basically alive. But did any of them actually threaten to get to the Turin field? For me, let's say that for me, most of the excitement of this battle ended mm-hmm. basically with the Basel final. Uh, because let's say that after that loss, Surkac really needed to, you know, to do very, very better than uh, win, you know, a couple of rounds more. And, and then, you know, also the, the draw Rune had was not that impossible uh, for the first two rounds, uh, second and third. Uh, well, it, it, it was at first. It was supposed to be tough because there was Pavlinka yeah. Arnaldi. But eventually it was, of course, team. And then in the third round, he could have played Fritz or Fields. So that's why we yeah, thought you know, that, okay, no, 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 so maybe right. Runa is yeah, not getting was... to the quarters. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, still, uh, Danny, in that moment, I also felt that Turkac maybe was not also not that fresh to uh, to do it, even if he, indeed he won some matches. He won three matches in, in Paris, yeah. so... Uh, you know, did did a decent job also, you know, brought Dimitrov to, to a third set after that, you know, that unfortunate first set, he, he lost 6-1 and then tried to what he, he could have done, in my opinion, not... Yeah. Uh, he, the regrets are not in this final stretch of the season, let's say like that. Uh, if he has some... <laughs> Definitely re- not, no. <laughs> If he has some regrets, it's, you know... Uh, for sure, from from the first part of the season, maybe yeah. maybe that uh, Cincinnati semifinal, but only because it was close to win it, not because of the loss in himself, because he lost against Alcaraz. Mm, 
that would have been you know almost 300 points that couldn't uh, could have made the difference in in the end but overall you know it's before wimbledon what you know he he can look at with with some regrets basically before that shanghai run he wasn't really in in the contention he started playing better since wimbledon but uh, it was that shanghai title that really brought him into the the contention till the the final week of the season uh, let's say that I was comparing the fields, uh, the ATP finals, and I, I think that this year we have, uh, you know, a field that should be very, very, uh, could be interesting. It also depends maybe on the groups and some of the things probably, you know, more interesting than that last year's. I think so. But, um, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the uh, the as for the race like against against uh, with Hurkacz you're right that the Basel final was a big hit he was also struggling physically there already yeah. so um, yeah I basically am also of the idea that we cannot blame him for anything that happened since Shanghai he gave it his all he gave a very good effort despite you know the the physical intensity of the last three weeks clearly being hard on him. Uh, so that's that's kind of normal. And um, yeah, I, I think it was just an absolutely fine attempt from him. But 200 points to sort of, um, you know, to sort of depict how tough it is to regain them is that for the quarterfinals in Paris, you get 180. So to, to get as many points as he could have done by winning Basel, he actually had to get to quarters in Paris and something. Yes, know? exactly. So, and change so uh yeah that's why it was really tough he still made me believe that maybe it's possible but yeah uh against dimitrov he was definitely running out of steam against corda in the opening round he was running out of steam at times so to to still go through two matches after yeah, that and good. actually play some very short uh, encounters against serundolo and bautista good and not very short because they retired or something very short because he just blew them off the court sort of uh that that, that was really good but yeah that that was the real possibility of the ninth player getting in the minor kachanov it was always more of a theoretical uh thought but if the minor won the title if kachanov won the title then maybe we start thinking about it of, of course zverev was scared enough that he actually entered sofia only to withdraw <laughs> from it right after but obviously that that was what the, he needed the emergency that, exit you know, <laughs> emer- <laughs> it was <laughs> so I, I, read it's an emergency I read substitution it's not then- mine Okay, that's that. That's good. I wanted to. I wanted to praise you. So. Yeah, enter. Thanks. Uh, it's a shame you admitted. It. So that was and and yeah. and exit exited with an emergency exit. That's good. Yeah, um, but of course that's what he needed to do. Yeah, uh, at that times there that are so many rules in, the, in this regards that at times uh, I even forgot uh-huh. forget about them. When I when I first read yeah. about emergency substitution, I was then you know I I got it. What what was why it was, but. Since you know it's not it's not usual, uh, there are even some rules that you you even forgot that that exist. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was used at some time this year, like sometime earlier this year, when I actually learned what it is, and mm. then um, then yeah, when I saw that there was emer- the emergency substitution, I was like, oh, okay, uh, so probably Zverev is gonna take it because. Well, yeah, if he exactly. needs to. And he needed to, but then it turned out that he actually doesn't need to play Sofia, which of course gives just gives him more time to prepare for the ATP finals. Actually, we could we could talk about that because um I think for a lo- large chunk of this year, we had like the top four with Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sinner. They are the main contenders for the ATP finals. Of course, two of them are gonna be in one group. Two of them are going to be in another. But who do you think is um, the most dangerous out of this 5-8 field? So Zverev, Tsitsipas, Rublev, Rune. Who of these guys are these top four players are going to be willing to just you know, not see in their in their um, ATP finals group? Uh, oh, my God. Um it's not easy, I have to say. Even if I think that the, the seeding, at least the spots are quite accurate um, because I think that, in, in my opinion, as, as for now, I, I think that Rublev and Tsitsipas has something more probably than Zverev and Rune at the beginning of this tournament, even if Rune play, played well in Paris, played also well against Novak. Um, 
but uh, if the conditions are as I remember, uh, which should be fast, uh, considering the, the main tour, probably for you yeah. not, <laughs> since you've been even... <laughs> I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the fastest venues on the, on the main tour, yeah. But, yeah, um, probably, you know, um, Rune getting there, playing for the first time, can maybe struggle a little bit, given his, his brand of tennis. Even if he's able to be aggressive, he is very aggressive a lot of times, but probably it's not, you know... Um, I don't know, I'm trying to to do some... Uh, to have some, some thoughts now to... Yeah, probably let's say that Rublev is playing very, very well. Uh, we've seen it. He's playing consistently. Last year, he had a, a good... Uh, a good run, even if ended badly, with an horrible semi-final performance against uh, against Rude. But you know, the group stage, he, he played very well, actually, even even there, beating Medvedev and Tsitsipas. Even if you know, for example, Medvedev was another player, then probably he was really really low on on form and confidence the last year. Mm. Yeah, but I would say that I think that the the spots, uh, you know, the pots for me are are pretty accurate. Um, probably, uh, maybe you know, Alcaraz for what we have seen in these past weeks, maybe it's not that far away from Medvedev and Sinner, probably. But mm, yeah. in Turin, especially. But, yeah, but still, I think that the pots are are accurate. I think that five six, uh, which are uh, Rublev and Tsitsipas. Um, starts a little bit higher in my personal um you know my personal lineup that uh than Zverev and, and Rune. Probably Zverev is the one who has convinced me convinced me less in these past few weeks. Um but um he still uh, you know, he still managed to to win it in 2021. Can you know if he serves very well, he can be really, really dangerous on this court. Uh, I'd say it's pretty balanced the thing between five and and eight, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I actually, I actually are... think this. Yeah, the seven eight players might even be danger more dangerous just because Rublev and Tsitsipas. Yeah, sure, they're playing, they're playing okay. They're beating the lower ranked opposition, but like I have serious questions about their ability to beat the best. And lots of these matchups, like against Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sinner, Djokovic, they are terrible for them. Whereas no, yeah, Zverev, uh, Rune, they're not guaranteed to bring you the same sort of base level as Rublev, Tsitsipas. Definitely not. Yeah, well, especially no, as probably, Rublev. Yes. Yeah, that, but, that's what he was meaning. Yeah, if they're like if they're picking uh, with Rune, yeah, I, I am concerned about the Turin course. The same for Alcaraz. But if they actually, if if Rune actually manages to handle them in some way. I would say that he probably can be the most dangerous in terms of just getting out of groups, potentially actually getting to the semis, you know, scoring some big wins there. Especially as it seems like, yeah, Paris and Basel, he's actually managing to find some form. Maybe the fast-paced sort of type of play that we're going to see there is also going to help him, you know, fitness-wise. Yeah, uh, these are these two different, uh, you know, way of thinking. If I have to think who's the, you know, the one among these four that... I'm sure that at least he's going to bring an, a quite good level. I probably would answer Rublev because... Um, yeah, but like I, the, the, the way I meant the question was like more um, who, uh, as, as Djokovic or Alcaraz, who do you not want to see in the in the group, right? Um, yeah, Because yeah, I think they, right. they want to see Rublev. They want to see Rublev. They know yeah, what yeah, to expect yeah, from him. Yes. And Well, Alcaraz hasn't played Rublev, but <laughs> I, I think he's still sort of knows what to expect from him and especially no, from no, in, the, in probably, this but... in this you're right uh yeah. in this you're right uh, yeah probably let's say that uh no i don't probably on these fast courts um, yeah. for djokovic even if the rune met, match up has been two two wins each probably against rune he should he should win he in turin and and probably Zverev can be more dangerous for the way he plays against Novak. I don't know if he serves very well. Like I, I remember, for example, the exactly the 2021 semi-final. Even if you know, there's also the question mark. Is Zverev the same player as in 2021? 
um, probably for for Alcaraz can be can be the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, Rune more dangerous than Zverev. I it's very it's very balanced in my opinion. It's very balanced. Yeah, yeah there are definitely different sides of the argument to to be looked at. Um, Keen has a question about: Do you guys think it's fair to force our ways on indoor hard courts? Personally, I do, but a lot of that is related to the scheduling. So, yeah. well, for one thing, the tour, the ATP tour, builds up to with the indoor hard courts to the ATP finals. With uh, tournaments like Mets or Sofia, it would be basically impossible to hold it anywhere else. It was possible last year because you've had the week of, you know, next-gen ATP finals. It's possible on the on the women's side because you have the WTA Elite Trophy. But if you have Sofia or Mets finishing on Saturday and these events also count towards the race, then I think it you just have to do it indoor hardcourts as well and in Europe. Uh, I think that's a bit of a requirement given how the ATP Tour is structured. And of course, it doesn't have to be like this. Like if, for example, this week was free and just it's just the next-gen finals again, then I'm open to switching something up because no one would actually play the next-gen finals and then the ATP finals. So it would be okay. It would give the players some time to prepare. But should it still be on hard courts? Probably. It's six months of the year. Um, and um, yeah, in November in general, it's, of course, the most sort of suitable to... Uh, to have events indoors because, mo well, most parts of the world, the weather is going to be rough. Even in Cancun <laughs> this week, we have some <laughs> issues with that. I would say, given what's happening in Cancun, the indoor, for me, it's, okay. yeah. it's very much okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 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 basically, I, I believe that it is fine. I see the argument that maybe it would be fairer to just play it on every single... Um, you know, every single time on every uh, on on different surfaces, but I think it just makes the most sense with the calendar. And also, one thing that we have to remember about is that the WTA finals, the WTA calendar, it 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 ends a little earlier as well, which sort of gives the ATP less time to potentially uh, just have a spare week somewhere in the middle or just change surfaces. We just mostly want to have the players play on what they were doing the last month or so. And for them to finish off the season, just so the off-season yeah. is not four weeks or something. So uh, I am perfectly fine with this. I think it's the choice that sort of needs to be made for now. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I agree even because, you know, it's also, uh, let's also say the, the best condition possible for an indoor tournament because you, you only need one show court because, you know, every day yeah. you have just to play two singles matches and two doubles matches. Um, and so if we imagine, you know, a, a big event held on uh, on indoor hardcourts, uh, for example, a slam would be totally impossible. Um, Some say Paris is already kind of impossible because you have the two arenas. Yeah, already, where... we, already there, yeah. there are a lot of, a lot of issues uh, in hosting, you know, a master event. And and so I, I am, um, yeah, I'm quite okay, even because, uh, you know, the indoor conditions are, are not that, you know, uh, it's not like the the outdoor hardcourts, which are basically you know expanded their presence in the calendar that much. I'm I'm okay with that. Let's let's say I find it also reasonable considering the part of the season we are in, the fact that we are in Europe, then that we are playing uh, you know some some indoor tournaments. It's kind of of a swing of the year, and I'm I'm fine with that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, yeah, we chatted about the 5-8 players for the Turin race. Um, there are actually this, this, this one four as well, and we have this in the title, so I think we should touch on that. Can anyone stop Novak Djokovic? Is he the one who will benefit from the Turin courts the most? And uh, yeah, how much of a favorite is he for the ATP finals? Is it, you know, him and then the rest, or is he part of the main group of contenders? 
Oof. Um, no, I still would say that, in my opinion, he is the number one. Probably given in the field, there's someone, you know, that can be dangerous. So probably, you know, I'm also very much okay with also, for example, the idea of having him winning, but not as an as unbeaten. But overall, I think that he's, he's still the, the number one. We have some question mark on... Um, on Alcaraz, both for you know the form and the conditions, it's also the first time he plays here. Uh, last year he 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 hasn't played due to due to the injury. Um, Medvedev is still playing at very solid uh, overall level, uh, reaching finals. But you know he's probably is feeling a little bit the fact that his season started super 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 strong. And, and you know, he, he's not the Medvedev of the first four or five months, in my opinion. Um, Sinner played well in 2021 when, when went in as an alternate, uh, even if not, you know, he hasn't played against Pokovic, for example, that year. Um, but he, he did well, so I think that he should be fine with the conditions. Uh, he is in form. Um, but you know, I, I still think that it's it's Novak and then, then the rest. If I have to make a power ranking, then of course, uh, it, of course, it's not like 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 you know the Paris Masters, uh, which in which you no know, having not Novak winning would probably be um, almost a shock considering his record here and and all the stuff. Um, if he loses, I, I won't be probably that shocked, but I still think that it's Novak and then and and then the rest, and, and probably you know the two four seeded players uh, can be put in the same. Um, all things considered, right now can be put in the same place. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Rune can be can be dangerous. Let's see if he if he adapts well. Uh, I still think that Novak is is the main favorite, of course, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. Like I, I generally think that the the post prime, if you may, or like the end of prime version of Novak, the 2023, 2022, 2021 guy, like he's actually at his most dangerous in courts like that because he's one of the best returners in the world, one of the one of the guys who absorb pace the best out of anyone. And at the same time, he's like a top 10 server. So how do you beat that guy? Uh, I don't know. I would absolutely piss my pants if I was going to you know, yeah, play against Novak Djokovic. Uh, there's the need of someone to pull off, you know, a Zverev 2021 campaign in which Zverev went into basically God mode in semi-final, yeah. semi-final. Uh, if anyone is able to do that, then okay, there is, there is a chance, and still that match should last three hours to, to beat him. Yeah. Otherwise, it's really, really, really difficult to 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 imagine. Maybe someone has a chance if they they just make it like really serve oriented and sort of match how well Novak will be keeping the points short and then blasting his serve, but. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if this is doable. I, I think he has a pretty significant edge uh, ahead of the two, four players. Well, whereas I'm not quite sure who's the number two at the moment, just because, yeah, Alcaraz um, lost to Safiurin. That's fine. Anyone can lose to Safiurin on a good day. But just the touring conditions is more of a concern to me uh, regarding Carlos. Obviously, he's had matches on faster courts against players in the past, like, I don't know, Felix last year in Basel where he just looks completely inadequate. So um, maybe maybe this is something that can also happen to him here against, yeah, let's say, Zverev or uh, um, Sinner. Yeah, I guess Sinner against Alcaraz right now in Turin would probably be the favorite or thereabouts. Um, yeah, what else do we need to talk about? Anyone else from the Paris? I, I want to ask you about uh -huh. these four. The, these top four players, what kind of yeah. combination in the group stage would be oh. more interesting in your opinion? Uh huh. That's a good one. Um, because I probably would go with Djokovic Sinner because I want to watch this match and probably Alcaraz Medvedev this time. Even if for a lot of, of the, for, for most part of the season, we always said that probably the opposite was the most interesting Alcaraz against Sinner. Yeah. 
and Djokovic against Medvedev, but I don't know. I'm probably leaning towards this solution <laughs> for what I would like to, to watch. I get uh, you actually kind of convinced me because Djokovic Sinner, yeah, I would I would like to watch that right now. Whereas Medvedev Djokovic, I have this PTSD from the US Open final, and I kind of don't want to see this matchup ever again. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I would just like to see Alcaraz Sinner and Djokovic Sinner. Whereas the matches with Medvedev, I, I would want to see Alcaraz Medvedev, but um, Djokovic Medvedev right now, yeah, I just am done with it, honestly. And it seems like it seems like Sean is as well. So yeah, from that reason, I I would probably have to say Sinner, uh, Djokovic, and Alcaraz Medvedev then. And Even then if, you know, the, the past rest... conditions can can make the match. You know, can, can probably make the match better uh, between the two. Yeah. Last year it was it was a bad uh, dead rubber. It didn't really you know mean mean anything. Um, probably the you know the faster the court is. The most interesting that matchup can can be, probably. That's that, that that's sort of true, yeah. So I, I I would I would probably go with yours, Djokovic Sinner and Alcaraz Medvedev. Yeah, but, but then I would I... wish for an Alcaraz Sinner in like the latter stages of the event. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's right. But but probably in the group stage, yeah, I would prefer you know to to watch the just because. For example, even regards Sinner, in these past months we saw him against Alcaraz in Beijing, beat Medvedev twice in in two finals, and I wa- I want to, for example, to to test him against against Djokovic in, yeah. in these competitions. I would be interested yeah, yeah. in in that. Um, yeah, I, li- I like that reasoning. Yeah, but, I, I, but, I, but also uh, I would like to see how he's going to to deal with these five eight players. Um, especially, you know, yeah, this, this one against Rune. I would be very interested. Yeah, this one, this one, I, I don't know how I would put it if I was making the groups, of course, not drawing them, but just making just because there's like every combination is okay. I honestly don't yeah. really think that where Rublev or Tsitsipas land interests me all that much. I feel like, yeah, I just know what I'm going to see from them. But Zverev Rune against any of these top four guys, it could be interesting. It could be an awful match with just, you know, that's non-competitive. Uh, Zverev makes 10 double faults, pushes his forehand, and Rune is like barely... What? Wrong. <laughs> I oppose myself. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> He says that I I hate Ben Shelton, but I don't hate him. Uh, maybe I I said one one or two things, but I I don't hate him at all. And also I I I was very happy for him in in Tokyo to to win a title. I I don't hate him, please. <laughs> what did, what did you say, Mario? No, maybe you know I. Um, we were talking probably about all the, that controversy that we had. Uh, after the the U.S. Open, uh-huh. um, and you know, at at that moment, uh, at first, you know, I I thought that um, he could have avoided some things, uh, and that I was even okay. For example, with Djokovic, Jester was not, you know, I was not that. Uh, it was not that much of a scandal uh, for me. Um, uh, yeah, just because you know, I I said that uh, if some things are are okay from one side, then can be okay from from the other side. Then you 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 also have to you know there are a lot of opinions, and all of them can be can be true. But I I don't hate Ben Shelton. I say it publicly. I I have literally no issue with him. Uh, <laughs> Ben no. watching right now is like, yay! Mario does not hate <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. After all. Even because, even because I'm telling you, um, just a little bit off topic, that I I read an article uh, mm-hmm. in which uh, they were saying, I don't know how this happened, 
they were saying not only Ben Shelton is is living a, a, a very good moment because he just won his first title on the ATP Tour, but also he was protagonist of a post by famous journal, famous Twitter journalist Mario Boccardi. <laughs> And it was actually, uh, an, um, you know, an article of a new stuff. I don't, I don't know how, you know, uh, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can be, you know, I can bring joy and happiness. <laughs> it seems like that. <laughs> wow. Mario Boccardi, a famous Twitter journalist. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm checking what's your followers count. Yeah, I mean, it is quite famous. I think most people on uh, tennis Twitter would have seen a post by you, but yeah, that's that, that's yeah, something. It, it depends, it depends, but you know, it's still quite far from from reality, at least in terms. <laughs> of, um, yeah, it, yeah, it's sometimes I, funny for sure when people quote um, your tweets in like an article and you know make us feel as if yeah, I search, you are some I sort of. So I have to expose myself and I search my name on, on Oh, on you, ser Google. you search your name on Google? Yeah, right. at, time, at times I do, but just because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Since at times I found something. Uh, yeah? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I probably did that once or twice as well. Yeah, just because someone sent me like an article where my tweet was involved. And I was like, hmm, I'm, I wonder where else it shows up. Uh, but yeah, anyway... <laughs> I guess we have actually talked more or less about the touring field. We have talked about the Paris Masters. Let's maybe return to um, Keen's question from earlier and just briefly preview yeah. Mets Sofia before we wrap it up. Uh, is Mets or Sofia more interesting? I still don't know. Looking at these draws, uh, definitely it's a bit of more more of a hardcore tennis fun week rather than a casual one. Um, you know, Met Sofia week, it can be such a great uh, date for a tournament because sometimes you're going to have the ATP race still going on and then everyone is looking at your, at your event. But on the other half, uh, you know, sorry, on the other half of the uh, side of the argument, you also have these weeks like this one where everyone withdraws. No one wants to play after parties because there's almost no reason to. But for like people more involved in tennis, obviously there's going to be more excitement. There's a number of players. Uh, there, I mean, there's going to be still a lot of excitement. There's a number of players who haven't won an ATP match in a while or actually haven't played an ATP match in a while. I think Billy Harris is debuting in an ATP Tour main draw. There's uh, Matteo Martino, I think, as well. Yes. So there's, there's, a, there's a few who, uh, you know, for them, this could be like the, the best week of their careers or, the, or, or a bit of a breakthrough. The fields are going to be a little weaker, but, you know, they are still competitive. There's a yeah, number I, of I really can't you know, choose one right now because a lot it will depend also, you know, uh, of um, the storylines that, you know, will come yeah. out from, from this tournament. If some players pulls off, you know, uh, the best week of his career, for example, or I don't know, in... There is some potential here and there, and we have to see, you know, in my opinion, which one uh, of these two events, if uh, any of them will, uh, will turn out to be, uh, you know, interesting for um, for all all the, the different aspects. I'm, it's uh, you know a week in which I'm searching more from these hidden storylines. Uh, then you know, then really looking at the top seats, in my opinion, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's gonna be a week of players picking up great wins, maybe not necessarily quarters, semis, or something like that, but like for them personally, like their milestones, breaking new ground for, for them. But actually, there's an interesting French number one race as well. Someone I remember at the yeah, very like... beginning of the year mentioned this on Twitter that like it's very hard to guess who's gonna be the number one of uh of uh, of france at the end of 2023 there were some suggestions and this is still going on uh there's actually just a 15 point difference between ugo bear and adrian monarino so it literally could be one round yeah 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 uh even because one uh manarino is playing in sofia i, I yeah, think they're not playing uh, the same event and they're also yes, they are they're not playing the same and... event and they also have buys they also have buys yeah yeah so they, they have a shot also they have a shot also on ending the year in the top 20 if um if they win the title uh because i was watching before the live ranking uh, the uh one they, 
height. They don't. Uh, oh no, sorry. Umber has Umber has it. He can exceed Serundolo by five points, but Manarino actually yeah, is okay. out already. Uh, yeah. Manarino so... would be five points behind Serundolo with the title. Um, you know, for example, for for Umber can be. You know, I mean, it's not that much of a difference. You know, one of two uh, probably ranking, even if. It is still a satisfaction, and winning a title for for either of them, Manarino would be in, would be in the third this year, which would yeah. be wow, great. Considering also, you know, his let's say bad record he had in, in finals, not winning, um, yeah. not winning many titles uh, before this year. Uh, Humbert would be, you know, the cherry on the top because he he played a great last part of the season and overall a great season. Um, uh, but especially, you know, this last part because he really uh, did so even on on the biggest stages. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Um, yeah, there are some some interesting, you know, kind of interesting things. See, just to see if you know any of these potential stories will, you know, uh, turn out in effective stories. Uh, yeah, uh, I think this is a good question from Sean to sort of finish on. Who do you think will not make the ATP finals next year out of the current top eight? And that's a really interesting one. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, let me. Yeah, think. it's a very good one. I honestly, looking at this field, I'm like everyone has to be there. You know, like Djokovic, Alcaraz, Medvedev, Sinner, yeah, uh, right. Rune. That's they kind of right. have to be there. So I'm thinking of Rublev, Tsitsipas, Zverev. But then again, Rublev has such a high yeah, base because, level. Uh, in my, because in my uh, opinion, uh, there's not you know there's not a number nine, ten, eleven, twelve that you think he will be there yeah. next year. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. For example, last Paul. year, last year we had you know Rune was number nine, and you were probably thinking he will be there, and so you were searching one of the eight to you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult. Yes, you're right when you say probably it's past. You know, has some downs moments uh, at times, but you know, still he was there for. On the last five, five yeah, but take no. away take away one thousand two hundred points for the Australian Open, and he's not in the ATP Finals field. But yeah, no, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that would take a first round exit. Like, um, yeah, looking at the field, I'm actually gonna make the bold prediction that the field is gonna be the same as this year. Uh, I don't know if that that even happened ever, but I think it's possible. Uh, however, uh, just comparing 2021. Uh, oh, sorry, 2022, we actually lost three players. So, no, sorry, four players. Rude, Nadal, Felix, and and uh, Fritz. But, of course... Fritz, yeah, we they were all in the same group. Because, yeah, because Alcaraz uh, withdrew, right? So we yeah, sort of, Fritz. like, lost three players, let's say, which is Felix, Rafa, and um, Rude. Yeah. So, so basically, looking at the field, it's kind of hard for me to eliminate. Yeah, anyone. I don't know if maybe I can be Since a little bit. Very... Let's say, let's say also, you know, biased by the results of this season because we already right. have the top uh-huh. eight, and so of course these are the. But yeah, my my you know my thought is still the same when I'm watching you know a number nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Um, I don't really find a name that I think oh this one is going to to make yeah. this and be there. Next year, uh, thinking about younger guys, uh, yeah, not yet, guys. yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, even for example, you know, the fact that Fields was playing very, very well, but will he be there next year? I don't know, I don't, I don't think so. I still don't yeah. think so. Uh, so yeah, you, you're, you're right that it's difficult to, uh, right now to be made in a different field. Why last year? It was possible, in my opinion, to to imagine a yeah, Rude Felix. Yeah, example, um, yeah, the fact that Rune was still not there, but even you know, Sinner at not a great twenty twenty two, but you still could have thought if he he has the potential to improve these two things and uh, and be in the top eight in the next year. Yeah. Right? yeah. Ben Shelton may be an outside chance. I think Shelton and Hurkacz, they are very likely to be yeah. in the top 10, in the top 8 
at some point of the season. I'm just not sure they're going to be there for the ATP finals because Shelton has the semi at the US Open to defend and Hurkacz has all these Shanghai, Paris, la 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 points, right? So yeah, um, I think they might Shelton. be in the top eight at some point of the season, but I'm not sure they are actually going to stay there until the end. So yeah, I'm probably for, for Shelton, the, there's still the a little bit of that usual. question mark about, you know, the consistency throughout a lot of different uh, conditions and surfaces. Uh, if he's going to, to be that better, maybe on, uh, you know, on on the other surfaces and not just on basically on the hard courts as like this year probably there's a little bit of this question mark uh, yeah of course i think that he can he can have an outside chance but you know when i think about the top eight uh yeah, this is a very strong bunch and it's kind of hard to get inside of that especially as the eighth player is rune there are a lot who... of factors you know, for example, 2022, let's say Zverev gets injured and suddenly is not in the top eight. Yeah, anymore. yeah. I mean, but, if it's injury, you know, we're going to be sort of remembering yeah, exactly. that. And yes. Like, yeah, yes. I mean, we weren't really wrong. Uh, yeah, and especially it's hard to hard to get into that top eight, I think, because Runa was the last one here this year and he was only really last because of the, you know, long patch of play after Wimbledon where he was injured then lacked rhythm. But if that doesn't happen to him, he's probably higher up. He's probably top five or something. He was at number four this year, right? Uh, for a while. So, um, yeah. Yeah, after, I, after I, Wimbledon, I would, during Canada, yeah. Cincinnati was number four. And, you, you and, and that's that's when he drops off. So it's actually very likely for him to be much higher up next year. And then it's sort of Zverev Tsitsipas there, which, yeah, they could be the more vulnerable ones probably. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what we have for today. Uh, we've chatted about Paris, we've chatted about Turin, uh, Met Sofia mentioned as well. Uh, thank you guys for for being here. Thank you, Mario. Lots of questions, uh, lots of uh, quotes coming in from Ghosty from famous Twitter journalists. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that's gonna be it then. And um, thank you, Mario, again. And uh, thank, thank you, you to thank everyone you very in much. the chat for supplying us with topics for conversation. And um, we'll see you next one uh probably after bye bye. i met sofia and before the atp finals yeah so probably saturday next week um, uh, yeah and should, um, be. should be yeah and uh bye 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 sports social podcast network it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.